You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. On today's installment of The College Loop, we've got an exclusive interview with former Auburn linebacker Owen Papo. He's talking his journey to the draft, his time at Auburn, a whole lot more super fun interview. We've got men's basketball getting ready to take on Iowa in the first round of the NCAA March Madness Tournament. That's at the BJCC in Birmingham. Women's basketball landed a spot in the WNIT in the second year of the Coach J era on the Plains. Gymnastics getting ready for an SEC championship and another busy week on the baseball and softball diamond. You don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay locked in right here on the College Loop. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 35 of the College Loop Podcast, or the Frank Thomas episode, which is a little little important today because the times have been announced for the Frank Thomas unveiling. But before that, let me introduce y'all to my co-hosts, as always, Harrison Tart and Daniel Locke. How y'all two doing? Never better. I retweet that. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited, though. We got a lot of big stuff on the show. We do. And just to give you the times, Frank Thomas' statue will be unveiled at 10 o'clock a.m. on April 8th, which right after that at 1 o'clock is a day and right after that at 3 30 is auburn versus texas a&m so we're gonna be in auburn all day on saturday on april 8th it will be a busy easter weekend on the plains filled with baseball football and celebrating the history of auburn athletics super excited for that you know what else i'm excited for guys we have got an exclusive interview with soon to be nfl linebacker former auburn linebacker Owen Papo, and he was a ton of fun. I'm not going to waste any time. Let's cut right over. Owen Papo, exclusive interview right here on the College Loop. Yes, now it is my pleasure and privilege to introduce Owen Papo, former Auburn linebacker, two-time team captain, 256 career tackles, and a little bit of a hometown hero for me, guys. And uh, someone I've been fortunate enough to know. Former employee, at, former employee at Brewster's, used to work with my man Harrison. You know, a lot of people... <laughs> I, uh, I apologize you ever had to put up with me at age 16. Looking back, I cringe too. So, <laughs> But I've, uh, I've had the pr- privilege of watching Owen play ball since, since you were in the eighth grade, man, actually. So that's that's been something I've been been blessed to be able to do. And now we're getting to, to talk ball. Um, you were in my first press conference, so this is like a weird full circle moment for me. And uh, I'm, 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 I'm hyped to talk some ball. The guys were hyped when you said you were ready to come on. And uh, let's, let's just jump right into it for real. How surreal is it? You've closed the college chapter, man, and now the NFL's on the phone. Bro, it's crazy, you know, because, you know, I started playing football back in seventh grade. Um, and kind of how you mentioned, eighth grade, that's when I started getting offers and stuff. So back then, that's kind of when it got serious for me. Like, yo, I can possibly have a future uh, in, in this game. And, you know, just growing up, like, you know, clicking on TV, watching the combine and stuff, you know, seeing all the, the big-time dudes like Derrick Henry, DK Metcalf, all those guys. Um Man, it's, it's just surreal, man. Like, I, I can't believe I'm here. Um, But, you know, I've been putting the work in, man. It's truly a blessing, though. You know, I'm just taking everything in day by day. Absolutely. Dylan, you want to ask him about the combine. You're itching. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm one of the sickos that watch the combine through and through. So, I was really excited the first day. It was you, Derek Hall, Colby. Hey, the Iku wasn't able to perform in it. But you actually um, balled out. You got 439, tied for second all times in 2003. 
in the linebacker position. That that was wild that you you could run that fast as a linebacker. But what where was your head at that day, and how pumped were you to show off how crazy of an athlete that you are? Man, I, I just couldn't wait. Um, actually, what people don't know, bro, I almost do any of the workouts on the field. I almost did um only interviews. Like the day before we went out there. I ended up straining my oblique muscle. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, right side of your uh, your, your abs. Uh, so, like, throughout the whole week, you know, we're doing, like, preparation in the hotel, just working on starts and stuff. And I couldn't even run for real, you know, because it was just – it was killing me that bad. But, you know, the night before the all the testing, you know, I had a real good talk with my athletic trainer, Tommy. Uh, you know, he just got my mind right, man, just kind of – just reassured me, like, bro, we've been putting in all this work for months. Like, bro, just go out there and be – you know, so the goal – that's how I did. You know, I kind of surprised myself just what I was dealing with because, you know, I was pushing through pain the whole time, but nobody really knew it. But, um, no, nah, I mean, it was crazy to go out there and do it, man. Like, I've been, been dreaming of that moment for so long, and, you know, to go out there and make it happen, it's crazy. OP, you're sitting here and you're going to tell me you ran a 4-3-9 and you were hurt? Hey, Bro, I, I how it happened, but I had, like, a, I'm still dealing with it right now, low key. I had a, <laughs> my oblique. Not hurt, NFL, if you're listening. Not hurt, he's just, just discomfort, just, by the way. <laughs> I'm good. It ain't, it ain't nothing crazy. It's just, you know, I had to get do do a little stem work on it to get it back right. But um, but nah, bro, hey, this is what I do, man. It comes with the game. You know, you gotta push through things sometimes. But hey, it's just a little adversity, you know, something I had to deal with a lot at Auburn, you know, so just went ahead and pushed through with that. Hey, you bring up that word adversity. And a lot of draft analysts have discredited your ability to play linebacker in NFL because you're listed as undersized at six foot. And so what do you say to doubters when you hear that or see it from a, like a, I don't know, like a Mel Kiper or someone of that? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really need their co-sign to go out there and be great, bro. So I just focus on myself and my game, man. I know the type of player I am, you know, I know what I'm and how good I can be, you know? So I just put my head down and I keep working, man. Like whatever any of the naysayers say, it don't even, it don't matter much to me. So. Owen, you've never lacked in the confidence department, man, in the good way. You've been a humble dude the whole way through, but you've never not believed in yourself. And 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 that's a tightrope you have to walk, right? There's 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 a line between arrogance and and confidence. And uh, you've you've gone through. I mean, Auburn put you through hell and back, and and, and they, they they did. You can say whatever you want. They put you through hell and back, and and, and you stayed true to what you believed in and who you were. Um, man, where's where do you keep that? I guess the strong will. Like where where does that come from, man? Man, it just comes from my parents, man. Like, just growing up, man, they just let me you know life's not easy. You know, like my dad used to say you know, all the time, like, everything comes with a price in life. You, know? so you always got to just work hard, man. You can never cut corners, and you, know, you always got to believe in yourself and no matter what no matter what kind of situation you're in because like, everybody can be down to you. But as long as you have that confidence in yourself that, you know, you can achieve whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, man, you're going to be good every time. Heard that. Daniel, go ahead, man. So, Owen, back in 2019, like when you're going through your recruiting process, um, what 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 made Auburn stick out? And um, what made you choose to bring your talents to the Plains? Yeah, so uh kind of touched on it earlier. I had uh, – before I started high school, I had uh, – I don't remember the exact number, but I know it was over 12 uh, Division I offers. And uh, Auburn was actually the second uh, school that offered me. So just, you know, the fact that I've been back and forth to the Plains for, for the last, what, four and a half years at that point. Um, and then at the time when they first offered me, you know, uh, T-Wheel, he was a GA at the time, you know, and he transitioned over into a um, linebacker coach. So I already had a real good relationship with him. Uh, I loved the area, you know, it wasn't too far from home. So, you know, kind of be able to get away, be in a new environment so I can grow some, but I'm not too far away from my fam, you know. And um, uh, it was a point in my in my recruitment, um, I want to say about my, my senior year, I wasn't playing as good in high school. Uh, 
a span of maybe like three, four games. And, you know, while every single, you know, coach is just, you know, blowing smoke on my ass, telling me how great I am. You know, T-Will, he was the only one who kept real me like, yo, like, you know, what's going on? You're not looking like yourself. No, you, you, can, you can use your hands better, you know, run to the ball more, you know, do this better, do that better. You know what I'm saying? And it just made me have a whole nother level of respect for him, you know, because I'm like, okay, wow, like this dude like really wants to coach me, you know, this is not just recruitment for him or him just getting another good player, you know. So shout out to uh, Coach T-Will, man. He's, he's truly one of the, you know, the biggest reasons I ended up going to Auburn. He's going to be a damn good football coach going forward. Uh, Over, uh, DC at Arkansas now, man. So man, I'm looking forward right. to that's right. Even, you may you may you may want Auburn you want Auburn to beat him every year, but you still you're hoping T Will's getting the job done for sure. <laughs> a good dude and an Auburn guy for sure. Uh, you committed early, Owen. You, you committed as a junior, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think it was the summer going into my senior year. So. Okay. Okay. I was about to say. I feel. I feel like I remember on the golf. I was sitting on the golf course watching watching your commitment. Uh, you and Wanye committed together, right? Oh yeah, it was a bunch of us in uh we at the uh the battery in Atlanta. Battery, yeah. yeah. I, that that was wild. Uh, Owen decided to pull. Had me thinking he was going to Georgia until the eleventh hour, so that was fun. Uh, Daniels, you had something else you wanted to ask uh, Owen? I think that you said kind of went hand in hand. Yeah. So you experienced a um a coaching change, really two, one more, another one towards the end of your career. So just kind of how do you connect with the guys in the locker now that are going through that, and what would you say to them? Uh, really, man, just remember that y'all y'all playing for each other. You know, we, you know, we fight the fight every day. We're out there grinding, you know, blood, sweat and tears into this grind every single day. It doesn't regardless of, you know, who the staff is up there, you know. So as long as you're playing for your brother to your left and your right, man, you're you going to be good. And that's all we need. Like, even when all that the crazy stuff was happening in Harson, you know, this time last year, you know, looking out from the outside in, you know, seeing all the stuff in the media, you would think like the team's in, you know, shambles. But really on the inside, like we were good. Like we 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 was actually having some of the best, you know, workouts and seven oh sevens that we had up to that point, you know, that year. So man, as long as they stick together, you know, keep their head down, don't focus on what the media is, you know, talking about or whatever like that. Uh and just play for each other, man. I feel like they're gonna be good. And I, I've been hearing about them as well, you know, like the leadership is um is is getting taken to a whole nother level, you know, guys going harder, you know, some of the issues that we had last year are being eliminated. So I, I feel like, you know, the team gonna be real good this year. You can't come on and not talk about Coach Lack. Um, I think I, th I think you you knew that was that was coming. You play for each other for sure. I mean, the hell, those are your brothers, the guys you spend ninety nine percent of your time with when you're at school. There was a different visible level of of, of brotherhood um, uh, when, when Coach Cadillac uh, had had his little run at the end of the year. And and yeah, as Dylan pulls his flexes, his little <laughs> autographed picture of of Coach Lack, Cadillac in the corner. How fun was it to be part of? I mean, this is not me dragging you guys. You guys were having a rough year. You look around that AM game and see the support that people had for Coach Cadillac and for, I mean, for you guys. How cool was that? Well, it was amazing, man. A shout out to Lack because, like, he brought Auburn back. It felt like, it finally felt like the school that I committed to again, you know? Like, hell, we in the room pregame. We got all the alumni in there with us, you know? And that's something I haven't experienced since, like, my sophomore year, you know what I'm saying? So just have to see guys, like, you know, Carl, Carlos Dan's being there, you know, zapping me up before the game, man, giving me words of encouragement, man. It met the world to me. And um, really just getting back to our roots, man. You know, Lax, the guy who, you know, really truly connected with everybody on the team. It's, it, well, well, he tried his best to connect with everybody on the team on a personal level. So just knowing that your coach, like, truly cares for you, man, it meant, it meant a lot to us and it helped us, you know, bring out another side, side of our game. So, yeah. It was fun to watch. And, and on a less serious note, who's the funniest guy in the locker room? We've we've heard worm time and time again. We we got we got to hear some of the funniest guys you 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 played ball with at Auburn. 
Chandler Wooten for sure. He he's in my top five. Him and uh Malcolm Askew together. Those are the funniest dudes you'll ever meet. Uh, <laughs> Diane Puckett. He's a sleeper. Um, I'll give you one more. Uh, who who else? Um, Desmond Tisdale. He's funny as hell. Yeah, <laughs> mess with Des. Yeah, we got team though. So we. We we talked to we had Anders and uh, and we had Nick Roms on this past weekend, which was that was a ton of fun. Uh, they were they were talking about um, <laughs> what's up. And Nick just got married uh, yesterday. Yeah, sure did. He sure did. Anders invited us to the wedding. Um, just just throwing that out there. He invited us to Nick's wedding, so we're we're we're, we're figuring you were going to invite us to your draft party. I don't I don't know how that works, but you know, we we, we figured to tr- continue the tradition. Trying to get that thing planned out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't had no time to really look into it. I need to hurry up because time running out. <laughs> you sure do. Yeah, we we uh all of those guys have said um, that we've got. We've heard Grant Lloyd was a trip. Um, we've heard Oscar Chapman was a trip, uh, and people saying that I'm, I'm telling you, Sean Shivers time and time again. Apparently, he just says shit you don't even understand. <laughs> that South Florida in him, bro. <laughs> uh, Chapman, man, I, he do some things I can't even say on camera. But he did. We got a whole team, <laughs> dog. <laughs> Real brotherhood, Dylan. I'll, I'll I'll stop. I'll stop hogging. I just I had to throw out that question there. You you knew that we had to we had to talk. All right. So whenever it became whenever the NCAA passed the legis- not legislation, it's not like a law, but you can start wearing the number zero. And you've worn so you've worn forty one your freshman year of high school. You wore one throughout the rest of high school. You wore ten when you came to Auburn, and you eventually changed to zero. What prompted the ten to zero change? Oh, uh, because that that's true. It's different. You know, I wanted to stand out. You know, you wear a number like zero, you got to be a dog. You know what I'm saying? Plus, like, I wanted to wear zero back in high school, too, but they had the same rule as college where you couldn't wear it, you know, ineligible number or whatever. So, like, once I heard that, I'm like, oh, bet. You know, you know I got to have OP. You know what I'm saying? You got to give me the O on my chest. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, what number are you looking to wear in, in the NFL? Because you can't wear zero in the NFL either. But you can wear a college number. Uh, I don't, it don't matter to me. Man, well, I'm, well, you know, you make the number, you know. So if, if they gave me the opportunity to choose and, and it's a single digit that's available, probably go for a single digit. But if not, then, you know, it is what it is. I'll rock whatever. Oh, and Papa wearing an obscure, like, 39 and still making plays. Like, some some make, making 39 look good. <laughs> I'm trying to aim to get, like, a like a 33, 44, you know what I'm saying? If it's one of the lower numbers and not. Right. You know. <laughs> number 94. Oh, and <laughs> <laughs> Something crazy like that. Hey man, what's been the um I'm telling you, there there's gotta be some kind of weird angle once you once once you leave school and and you realize that okay, my neck I'm I'm going pro. I'm I'm going to be drafted. Like I what point does it hit you like holy shit, I'm a, I'm about to be a professional football player? Right when you're out here, bro, because it's like you just gotta fall back on all your training, you know what I'm saying? Cause like a lot of the, a lot of success that people have on the field, it comes from like how they spend their free time, you know. So are you gonna be downtown in the club every weekend you know what i'm saying getting drunk as hell trying to party all the time or are you going to take time like taking care of your body you know what i'm saying trying to get get ready make sure you run the fastest 40 that you can you possibly can you know are you going to be doing you know as much interview prep as you can board working all that so that you can impress these coaches when you get in front of them you know what i'm saying so that's really the, the approach i took to it man really just trying to use a lot of my free time doing, doing the right things you know trying to just make sure I, I set myself up to be in the best position you know that i can you know come uh april 27th so just can't wait, man. Heard that. Dylan, I, you want to ask about the, the nickname, I know. Yeah, uh, we're a big nickname podcast. You know, I, I my nickname is The Tank, but I couldn't really claim that one at Auburn as much because, you know, there was another guy who wore an I Auburn did. football jersey. 
Uh, so the freak is the nickname I hear a lot. It's the freak and OP. So where did the freak nickname come from? The freak. I got that from um, my boy, coach Ron back in my seventh grade year, first year playing football, I uh, played defensive end and that whole year. Like I had zero technique. Like I had the ugliest stance ever getting off the line, but like I'm making hella tackle for losses and sack every other play. You know what I'm saying? So after the last game of the season, he's like, Bro, like I want you to look up Javon Kirsch. Like this is who you play. Like so you remind me of study him. Look at the look at the aggression that he plays with. You know things like that. Uh, but um, you know his nickname was the Freak. So from there it kind of just stuck. And then like once I you know the more I got into my career, I started doing all these freakish things. I like the Nike opening things like that. You know the name kind of yeah. <laughs> there. And then uh, OP just my initials, man. My family that's what my family called me. Been calling me that since I was a baby. You know so. That's, that's the nicknames right there. Well, if you ever need new nicknames, we send up, seem to manufacture them there. Here, um, Janai Broom. I don't know if you saw where the street the, where people started calling him the street sweeper. Uh, that, yeah, that started here. All right, okay. Look, I, 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 I gotta give me some then. I'm, I'm, yeah. I ain't gonna, I'm gonna let you think cook up. You know what I'm saying? We'll give workshop it. We'll workshop it. So, Daniel, go ahead, man. So, Owen, uh, we hear this all the time. Like the Auburn family, everyone always says it. We ask everyone we get on the show what it means to them. So what specifically does the Auburn family mean to you? Mm. The Auburn family means a lot of things to me, man. Like togetherness, you know, giving you guys heart attacks on game days, you know. Uh, uh, really, you know, just sticking together through through no matter what, you know, that's, that's what family truly is, period, you know, um, I give this example all the time because it happens to me every time. Like I go into an airport, I go in, like even being out here in California, like so many people done came up to me saying War Eagle, you know, saying that, you know, they appreciate me for everything I've done for these last four years for Auburn, you know. So just the constant support that the the Auburn community, you know, gives to you, you know, worldwide, well, well shoot, countrywide. I ain't, I ain't even been across overseas yet, but um, man, I'm pretty sure there's love out there too. But uh, man, that, that's, that's, it just means everything to me, man. You know, um, you know, you love Auburn, love, Auburn's gonna love you back. So. If that, that that's not the truth. Hey, question another another little side question for you. We ask everybody. You a barbecue guy, Owen? Oh yeah. For okay. Sure. Best barbecue spot in Auburn. Uh, I don't know if you're NIL contractually obligated to answer this one way or not, but uh I actually I didn't do my homework on that. Um I'm more so like like actual barbecuing on the grill. So okay. if I'm a barbecue spot. I'm gonna boost his head up by saying this. I'm gonna say Derek Hall's barbecue because he, he, he's serious. He's something serious on the grill. Derek, don't don't be acting crazy if you see this somewhere. <laughs> but nah, he got he he be throwing down on the grill, bro. All right, we need to get you. You need to get us in contact with Derek. We don't even give a shit about the football. We need to interview him about his barbecue. Actually, <laughs> that 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 would be electric. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Love it. Anything else you guys got before we so we can we can let Owen get back to it and rest up? And uh, I guess I had one last. Actual ball question, Daniel. Don't you got one as well? Yeah, I got one more ball question. I'm I'm gonna sneak mine in, then you got it. We'll get we'll let Owen get out of here. What if someone, if you get drafted the league? I mean, obviously you're you're gonna play in the league, wherever they ask. Has anyone ever mentioned maybe moving to corner? Corner. Yeah, say excuse me, uh, safety. My apologies. I ain't never played corner in my life. Safety. Um, That's a classic corner. No team. Every team I've talked to has been talking either Michael Will. So um. I don't know. I mean, I'm ready for anything though, you know. So if yeah. a team works, that it's like okay. I'm like, I'm here now. I gotta, gotta respond to it. But um, no, I haven't talked to any teams about you know playing DB. 
Right. I, I, I didn't mean to say corner. My bad. I meant safety. My, my mind's just another place. I, I, we're talking, I, you might be the most effective nickel in the history of ever. Um, you also shouldn't move that fast for a linebacker. So uh, there, there's just questions. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> that. I, I, we talk about it a lot at the Auburn Daily. We're like, ah, dude, this guy could play anywhere in the field. Dylan, go ahead. Yeah. So once you got to Auburn in 20, 2019, you started, well, you, you were the starter for at the entirety of your career, barring any injuries that came up. What you're leaving behind a linebacker core that is bringing back four four starters or four players that did start Wesley Steiner, Cam Riley, Robert Woodyard, Eugene Asante, and bringing in two more guys at Austin Keys and Demario Tolan. What does the future of this linebacker room look like minus the freak? Man, I think they're in good hands, man. You know, we got a lot of good athletes in there. You know, a lot of smart guys that I'm sure going to take their time to study the new uh, study the defense and you know make sure they're out there quarterbacking how they need to. Uh, like a guy like Wesley Steiner, who, you know, he's almost too smart for his own good sometimes, but, I, you know, he's going to end up being a Mike linebacker. Uh, I haven't been to any spring practices yet. I'm just talking, you know, just just guessing really. But, um, you know, a guy like him, you know, a guy like Cam Riley playing the wheel, uh, finally got a lot of, you know, got a full season underneath his belt, you know, so he's experienced now. Um, I feel like they're going to go out there and just play confident, you know. Then you got the the Robert Woodyard of the world who – so he didn't really play too much in I only I think he only played in like two, three games or something like that. But just seeing what he did in practice, seeing the type of player that he can be, you know. So if, if his development process goes how it's supposed to be, I feel like he's gonna be a scary player. You know what I'm saying? Like a like a uh, uh Deshaun Davis type player almost, you know. I know that's a that's a that's a big statement for Ross. So I don't put the pressure on you, but I gotta see what he can do, you know. And I'm I'm really excited to see his development. You know, even Desmond Tisdall, you know, he's this is going on his uh, his fourth year there too. So man, I'm expecting big things from him as well. Um I haven't really heard too much about the new guys that transferred in, man. But um, just knowing the guys who's already in that room, I already know that um, Eugene Asante, uh, he's been doing great too from what I've heard. But um, I already know the competition in the room is going to be great, man. And, and I don't expect nothing less but greatness from those guys. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to be able to catch a spring practice maybe maybe sometime next week but um, so I can be able to tell you all more. But I, I think those guys – there you go. Hey, we were talking uh, before we got before you got on the show, the show about Demario Tolan's taking zero, man. I, y- y'all might have to might have to chit chat about that real quick. What's up? Uh, he, he, they gave it to him, or I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Now he he got to go crazy now. Got to got to got to carry carry on the legacy. If uh, yeah, if he's not putting quarterbacks on, on their ass, and then, then he's, uh, he's he's not doing his job right. But but like, I would think what's three, up. Training with like three Penn State guys out here. We talk about that all the time. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, I asked uh, before we came on the show. I was like, "Am I allowed to say the introduce Owen as as the father of Sean Clifford?" And I was informed that was not allowed. Um, oh, <laughs> bro! I mean, bro's so old. I'm amazed that he survived that hit. But anyways, um, different, different, different level. Owen, thanks for coming so so much for coming on the show. Friend of the program, welcome back. Anytime you want to talk ball, man. We're uh, we're always going to be big, big supporters of yours, and we appreciate the hell out of you for coming on. It's always good talking ball. Uh, you're one of the mo- most intelligent football minds I know for sure, and a helpful football player. We're excited for your pro career, and uh, make sure you stay in touch, man. Don't be a stranger. That's you, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you reaching, reaching out for, to having me on this, man. So hope y'all all have a good one now. Take it easy, man. Yes, sir. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. 
with Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. All right, well, we ended up talking about a lot of the future linebackers. Thank you to um, Papo for showing up, OP or the Freak, or now we have to workshop a nickname for him. We're working on it. We're currently working on it as we speak. And linebackers are going to be the biggest question mark for this upcoming football season. I mean, we're looking at a linebacker room full of Wesley Steiner, Cam Riley, Robert Woodyard, Eugene Asante, Desmond Tisdall all returning. And, of course, you bring in Austin Keys from Ole Miss and Demario Tolan from LSU. And this linebacker room, a lot of talent there, but not really a lot of proven talent is where I'm going to go with that. Just because we don't know Cam Riley and Wesley Steiner weren't the best last season. DeMario Tolan didn't get a lot of reps last year. LSU, Austin Keys played. I don't I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know he was a limited big, snaps. His limited snaps at Ole Miss. And of course, you know, Eugene Asante, Desmond Tisdale, and Robert Woodyard. Robert Woodyard was a freshman, and Eugene Asante and Desmond Tisdale were all in the back end of that uh, linebacker depth chart. But yeah, linebacker room, big question mark. What are y'all's thoughts on it? Probably the biggest question mark of the year. Um, I, I say that with the blaring elephant in the room that is the quarterback situation, uh, even though we presume that's Robbie Ashford. Another story, another time. We'll talk about that plenty on the show. I think the linebacker room is the biggest what if, right? Because this team, I think that everyone in this in this podcast, the, the, and including Owen, who's on today, thinks that this room can be very special. I mean, you, you mentioned I, I'm super high on your additions of Austin Keys and, and Demario Tolan. God knows I've been singing the I've been truthing Demario Tolan since his commitment to Auburn, since the day that we kind of got word before this even happened, Dylan. And I texted you and said, "Holy crap! I think we just got a baller uh, on on the planes." And, and I still do think Auburn got a baller. Uh, so I, I think that there's a lot of, like you said, it's unproven, but a lot of I guess the biggest room for improvement this year, right? And I don't think that that's a stretch at, at whatsoever. And, and, and a, a group that could be very special, but also could be extremely middle of the road. Daniel, your thoughts? Yeah, so I feel like this is the group that's really going to make or break this, not only the defense, but the whole team. Um, sure. This this group has a lot of potential to be a top five linebacking core in the SEC. Um, if that's the case, I think the Auburn's going to be giving up around 18 to 20 points a game, which sure. in today's football is pretty good. That's awesome. Um However, I don't think they're going to be bad. I feel like their floors to be kind of mid, um, about seven, eight, nine in the SEC, somewhere in that range, in which case I think that they'd be giving up about 25 to 30 points a game. Um, so it's, it's a whole touchdown difference. I think that this group could be making just by themselves every single game. Sure. And you look at it, the linebacker room is the biggest question mark of the entire team. But, I mean, on this defense – defensive line pretty daggum proven a lot of dogs coming in from the transport as well and of course Keldrick Falk stepping in of course you got Justin Rogers coming in Marcus Harris Jeffrey Emba both returning and Elijah McAllister probably going to be the starter on the edge but defensive line pretty proven across the board and then of course you look at the secondary we we have preached how high we are on this Auburn secondary going into this sure. season. And it looks like it could be one of the best secondaries we've seen in a hot minute for the Tigers. And it just, who's going to lock up the middle of the field. 
That's what you use your linebackers for. Auburn's going to be running a 4 2 5. You're going to have two linebackers on the field at any given time. And we don't know who those are right now. We've heard that Mario Tolan and Wesley Steiner have been getting the starting reps, but you don't know where Eugene Asante is lining up at. You don't know. We've also heard Austin Keys is getting started. We've heard lots of different things. (laughs) Like the linebacker room has probably been the most mismatched, switched up positions because you don't know who's starting where. Someone could be on the left, someone could be on the right. Uh, Auburn could run a three linebacker set. We don't know. And that's just how wild this linebacker room has been. And 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 to the new coaching staff's credit, you got to plug and chug and figure out what works right now. Um, so yeah. that's certainly something to to keep an eye on. I wanted to touch for a second on on, on Daniel's point about their ceiling and floor, and, and kind of building off of you. You mentioned it could be a touchdown difference. You're absolutely correct. I, I I don't I don't disagree with that at all. But let's let's look at at the SEC in general. And we are in a pass heavy pass predominant world of football right now. And I don't know that that'll ever go back. Hashtag establish it, establish the run game. But <laughs> I'm a big proponent of run the damn football. You guys know me. But if you can shut down teams' run games in large and, and make them one-dimensional, I mean, this is basic football, X is no stuff. There's only a handful of teams in, in this league, in the SEC, that is that are not going to have to modify their strategy. You look at Mississippi State, who's probably moving away from the air raid this year. Tennessee, who you don't play, but they don't run the ball much. <laughs> And, and and beyond that, it's kind of a crapshoot. I, I, I think that the, every other team, there's an element of you've got to be able to have a respectable run game, just like anywhere. And, and beyond that, you're kind of keeping yourself competitive. If you can, like Daniel said, play at that level that we think that they can, you're, you're limiting the Alabamas, the Georgias, the LSUs of the world that are going to lean heavy, especially Georgia, on, on being able to you know, really pound the ball until, the, until you cheat up and then they can burn you. If you don't give them that option, it opens up a whole new world of possibilities for this defense. And I like Auburn's chances if you leave it up to that secondary. Yeah, I do too. And if you look at the around the SEC, like a lot of Auburn's opponents are all pass heavy. Bama, with the addition of Bryce Young, Tua Tungvaluwa, and back to uh, Mac Jones, and three consecutive seasons or not three consecutive eras. They go eras. That works. They're all pass heavy. Georgia has been predominantly moving towards the air game. They've been mostly a running back offense for years but once uh i think it was after nick chubb and deandre swifts all went and gone the georgia running back room kind of took a step back from productivity i'm not saying they're bad i'm not saying that i'm not saying they got worse i'm just saying (laughs) whenever you get darnell washington brock bowers uh, adonna mitchell when you got george pickens all those guys coming in from georgia the pass was Pretty heavy at Georgia. You have to throw the ball to those guys. You have like, to. <laughs> and the only teams that have really been trying, staying true to the run game have been Auburn, Arkansas, and um, who else? <laughs> I, I, there was a, I had a team, South Carolina. South Carolina, Beamer ball has always been pretty heavy on the run game. And Auburn and Arkansas have kind of fallen aback a, a little bit because they've been so heavy on the run game that the past game has been non-existent at times. I mean – and Arkansas is probably going to be start is going to start moving towards a pass uh, prevalent offense without Kendall Bryles, and of course South Carolina Beamer Ball is just going to be around forever. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, I mean South Carolina fans haven't really they're like Arkansas fans in the sense they haven't had recent success enough to where they can be upset with eight to nine wins. Sure, couldn't agree more. You know that that kind of just gets you going back on down the down the rabbit hole that is the quarterback battle at Auburn because it's so important to to be able to throw the football in today's league. There's another quarterback battle at the professional level now. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'll, I'll go ahead and say <laughs> it. Uh, 
Today, as, as, as we're recording, this is the opening of, of NFL free agency, and, and obviously it's a mad frenzy. Uh, I'm sure that Daniel's got plenty of thoughts on how the Saints are doing. I honestly only kept up with the Auburn guys, full disclosure. I, I, I My roommate's a diehard Falcons fan, so I know a little bit of what the Falcons have done, and my coworker's a Steelers fan, and I'm a Steelers fan. I don't know what we've done. I really couldn't tell you. I've just followed the, the Auburn guys. Jarrett Stidham. Jarrett Stidham, if you will. Studham. Studham, whatever, stud him, whatever you want to, however you want to go about that. I like it. Has signed a two-year deal with Denver Broncos. His decision, I think that the offer was still to stay in there in Vegas. I think that that was very much on the table. Now, we know that Vegas went and got Garoppolo, another story from another time. But he wanted to play with Sean Payton. Don't blame him. Don't blame him at all. I, I, I know some people will talk about that. Yeah, San, uh, Daniel's down, down here. He gets it. I know people say that Sean Payton's washed, overrated, whatever. I think this is a good move. And I mean, honestly, don't rule out Russ getting benched this year. Anyways, like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even being like facetious. He was bad last year. Uh, yeah, he was, and then they didn't even really have anyone to turn to. Like Jared Stidham has some talent on the football field. And- Jared Stidham played out of his mind with nobody left on the on the Raiders roster. Right. And um, he's definitely a top five, probably top three backup in the NFL. Dylan, don't give me that look. Josh Jacobs wasn't even heavy, uh, healthy that game. I, yeah, he was. That was for one and a half. Started, whenever he started getting really prevalent, he rushed for a lot of yards those last couple of games, I'm pretty sure. And Tay was still on the field. Yeah, Hunter Darren Riff Waller was, was not. Well, Darren Waller had a down year anyways. All right, we're not getting into the Raiders band. But I'm, I'm going to go, go on a little rant about the Raiders a little bit because a little bit because I'm a big Jarrett Stidham believer. I don't know why you spent so much money on Jimmy Garoppolo when you could have spent less money and kept Jarrett Stidham and then got a quarterback in the draft to to back him up for a little bit. I'm going to do you one better here, Dylan. Daniel, tell me I'm crazy. The Raiders let Jarrett Stidham to walk at a lower price tag to go get Jarrett Stidham. A slower Jarrett Stidham. I I, I don't even think that that's a, that much of a reach. Oh, I, I would agree. It's really not. And I'm I'm a Jimmy G guy for sure i've always liked garoppolo i think he's hilarious he's good for the game but he's not i don't i can't confidently tell you that he's better than jared stidham i texted uh, one of my buddies i said yeah so the raiders just signed a less athletic more expensive jared stidham just because it's because he was a patriot and he was on kyle shanahan's offense and josh mcdaniels was like oh well i had him for a little bit why why not just drop a bag i'm sure he'll do fine there Actually, I'm sure. I'm, Jer- I'm sure he'll put up Jimmy Garoppolo numbers. That's sure. what he does. He he has a lot of he has a high completion percentage because he doesn't throw the ball past five yards. That's what has happened since he left right. New England. I'm not I'm not here to drag Gucci Garopp. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to talk Jared Sidham. I think that this is exciting for him. Definitely, he wouldn't he would not have signed that contract. I mean, obviously, he's probably going to want to be a career backup regardless. But if he didn't think that he was going to be the guy that if, if something goes south with Russ, if Russ gets hurt or if, you know, he plays, he's, he stunk last year. He was bad. If, if he plays like that again, I mean, Stidham's a guy you could turn to and say, I mean, we could go 500 with this guy, like without a doubt. And the Broncos put up, uh, signed two more offensive linemen too, to help out. And hopefully, and in, in their, in their case, hopefully Russ doesn't perform like he did last year and performs more to the Russ that, was a system quarterback in uh, Seattle. 
but talk about Dude, other opportunities. Literally is using this as an opportunity to drag NFL players right now. Daniel, this is unbelievable. Hey, I'm like Sean Payton. I have a bounty out for some teams. But Jonathan <laughs> Jones also got re-signed <laughs> to the New England Patriots on a two-year, $19 million deal. $13 million guaranteed. He'll be back with the New England Patriots for, I think he's been in the league for almost eight years now. Yep. And Jonathan Jones was a really good cornerback at Auburn, if you remember him. And, and he's been performing pretty daggum well for New England. And to wrap up the it. NFL, uh, another corner. Jamel Dean signed a huge contract with Tampa Bay. Four years, $52 million, 26 mil guaranteed. And per PFF, he's a top 10 corner in the league. And he locks up a cornerback room that is still very Auburn heavy. The two top guys in that cornerback room, Carlton Davis and, and Jamel Dean, who are studs. Top 10. PFF has him as a top 10. I'm just saying. So does H Tar. All right. That's what really matters here. Um, Jamel Dean's him. I mean, he's just he's just so fundamentally sound. It's it, and he's a playmaker. Don't get me wrong, but like you can always count on, regardless of the of how healthy he is, which he's really not doesn't battle a ton of injury, like regardless of what kind of day his team's having, he's so damn consistent. And and his his technique is never offbeat. The guy, I mean, I I four four years, 52 million, that kind of feels like a good price point. It feels like a really good price point. So that's a, a smart move, in my opinion. Daniel, feel free to for, chime in on the NFL since uh, Dylan's successfully drugged Sean Payton. <laughs> well, I love Jamel Dean a lot. Uh, one of my first like Auburn players that I um, was really good for the Tigers early on in my fandom. Uh, Jonathan Jones, love him a lot too. He plays for my second favorite team. So good to see him, you know, really thriving in the NFL at such an important position. Um, and then the like we we've talked about the stem stuff, but that's cool. Uh, not many people drafted outside of the first two or three rounds make it in league this long. Um, drafted in 2019, that's 2023 now, so this will be year four. So he's eligible for his pension. Good for him. Oh, he got he got his he got his extension. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he's 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 fully fully eligible. Look at look at look at Sidham go. And for you Auburn fans who only remember 2018 Sidham, shame on you because. That dude played ball in 17, and and you can say what you want. His offensive line was crap in 18, and and dude was trying to make a play. You should never, ever forget what Jarrett Stedham did in 2017. It was special. And it's, it, what I, I just want to leave it at that note. Something Another team that's been special in the past, you know, what, decade almost with Bruce Pearl. Let's talk Auburn basketball, and, and, and they've got a – First round matchup that is anything but a cakewalk. That's what happens when you're a nine seed. You get to take on Iowa on Thursday. That's March 16th at 5.50 p.m. Central. That's That'll be at the BJCC in Birmingham. And what Alan Flanagan and Wendell Green Jr. and pretty much everyone inside the program is labeled as another Auburn home game because it is. Guys, I don't think Auburn could have been a lot more fortunate than they were with this. No. I mean. I was not an easy draw. You're never going to avoid a one seed. We talked about it in the reaction show, Dylan. Daniel, I want to get your initial thoughts here when, when you heard about this matchup because Dan, uh, Dylan and I got to sit down and talk. I think Auburn matches up remarkably well with Iowa. I'm curious to get your thoughts on, on, on Thursday's game, and we're going to go more in depth on the Thursday show, but take your time. Talk about where your head's at. Sure. So I'll just kind of start at the beginning. Um, I turn on the selection show, and then – Obviously, they start with the South region, number one seed, number one overall seed in the tournament, Alabama, and they're in Birmingham. I'm like, dang, that means Auburn's probably not going to be in Birmingham because at that point, I forgot that the Midwest was playing there too. Um, so it's like, damn, that sucks, whatever. 
So watch the rest of the show. Then they start getting into the Midwest. And they say Houston's a one seed. And I saw that they were playing in Birmingham. And I was like, maybe. And then they announced Auburn Tigers, nine seed, Midwest, playing in Birmingham. I'm like, okay, here we go. This is it. Okay. Eight and nine. Iowa's offense, phenomenal. 22nd in the country, averaging 80.8 points per game. Their defense, worst thing I've ever seen. Awful. Um, They can't really stop a driving layup without committing a foul. So that's fine. Just take your pick. You either want them at the bucket or you want them at the line. That's fine. Don't jack up 33s, okay? This isn't 2019. All right, Jared Harper's not here. Bryce Brown's not here. I wish they were. They're not. (laughs) So don't jack up 33s. There's no reason to. Go get the points at the rim. As NATO says, blue-collar basketball. Let's play that. Sure. I, I don't I don't disagree. If it, the more threes you take, the more more of a hole you're digging yourself into for this Auburn team. I don't mind open looks. That's never going to bother me as long as it's coming from a, a Wendell Green, uh, a Jalen Williams, depending on the day, Alan Flanagan. And, you, mean, you, you don't want to see Dylan Cardwell jack up a three-pointer? Listen, I don't know that he could have bricked it any less hard than Alan Flanagan did in the SEC tournament. He had a Alan had a couple of just why did you shoot that absolute Dranos and then a couple of wide open how do you miss the backboard kind of moments, um, which which is about Alan Flanagan, just to be completely, I guess, candid. But question question for you, Daniel. You're the you're the only one of the three of us here still in school. Dylan and I were fortunate enough not to rub it in anybody's face, but our freshman year was that magical Final Four year. And, and we were there. I got to roll tumors through all of it. It was a blast. Uh, my senior year and, and your freshman year, Daniel, we got to watch Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler and that group not perform where we thought that they could, uh, that that happens. I mean, it's this is March. Where where are the vibes at right now in terms of how excited is everyone? Where's, how, opt, opt, uh, how optimistic are the, are the students and, and the fans? Is there that buzz on campus? And it will probably never be like it was in 19. But is there that buzz on campus where it's like, you know what? We're in the dance. We have a shot. Well, I'll start by saying for a long time, like growing up, I've always been more into college basketball and college football. And I I grew up a huge Indiana Hoosiers fan. (laughs) Um, So it just runs deep, man. My my love for this sport and my love for this tournament. But I'm going to be honest. It doesn't feel the same as it did a year ago. Sure. Um, There aren't two first-round draft picks on this team. We are on two-seed. Um, a lot of Auburn students have checked out. That's just the sad fact of the matter. Um, I'm really glad that they won that game against Tennessee uh, the end out the year that you guys got to return to the Plains for. Always, always nice when I get to see y'all again. Um, so it was that was good because, A, it probably locked us into the tournament, and, B, it just gave some energy back like to the students. But – the, the very sh- short answer to your question it's just it's not the same that's that's a little bit of a bummer to hear but I'm not overly surprised let's let's keep moving let's talk betting lines real quick I usually like to throw these out when we get to postseason right now Auburn as as time of tape which this is going to change as the week goes on Auburn is a one point favorite over under 152 uh I love the under <laughs> I absolutely love the under which is something I never say but uh for you for you gambling folks I just said Take Auburn at minus one and over uh, take the under at 152. So that means take Iowa at plus one and then take the over because I am the world shittiest gambler. <laughs> but uh, worth noting, just a quick question for both you guys. Auburn player with the most most approved this week. I think it's Janai Broom. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's for sure Janai Broom. We saw him 
uh, against Arkansas and just kind of give up a lot of points in the paint. Uh, we don't, should not have ever expected that from Janai Broom. We should never have seen that from Janai Broom. Sure. If he stepped up in defense just even like 25% increased that much, the game is completely different. And right. I think the outcome might be a little different too. Uh, he has to prove he can he can put up the points that he did at the beginning of the season. I, I know it's uh, you're getting closer to the end. Everyone's kind of tired. You're kind of wanting to, you know, get rest up before you have to go. I guess summer workouts are right there too. Got to get better. You it's March. Uh, you got a one seed breathing down your neck. If you can get past Iowa, you have to play your best basketball throughout the rest of these five games if you want to make it all the way. Daniel, Iowa's not very tall. I think this is a Janai Broom opportunity. All right. I could be wrong. Correct me if I am. I believe their tallest player is 6'8". 6'8", um, I think. 6'9". Okay. Yeah. So I kind of retweeting what Dylan said and what you said. Janai has a lot to prove because we've already talked about these bigs for Iowa particularly aren't very good defensively. Um. So I would like to see a good number of Janai Broom points and I would like to see him swat some shots down, man. Yes. Um. It was open season on Janai Broom on Thursday night in Nashville. It was. Um, so he's to got it. to find – sorry. No, go ahead. He's got to find a way to kind of like, you know, disrupt their offense a little bit. Um, Agree. Yeah. And 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 like what we were saying, that I was undersized. So, I mean, Dylan Carwell, when you get minutes, you have no excuse to not get boards. None. Absolutely none. I will take no excuses. I'm, I'm, and I know I'm, I'm as hard on Dylan as they come. And it's probably because I've seen what Dylan Carwell can be. And, and I just kind of selfishly want him to always be that player because l- let me put this on the record right now. When Dylan Cardwell plays good basketball, Dylan Cardwell is a damn good basketball player. When Dylan Cardwell leaves his feet too early, it's time to put him on the bench. Yeah. It's it's one of those moments. But, yeah, Jani Broom, I, I'll go ahead and say it, guys. This is aggressive. I'm expecting 20 points. I I, I You you need a, a, a 15 to 20 kind of night plus. And if, if you want to make sure you get out of this one alive because – if Iowa gets rolling and you don't get some turnovers or get offensive defensive rebounds, they will shoot the lights out. Yeah. And, and, and that that's something you can't really control. Is Auburn's season a failure? We'll start with you, Daniel. If mm-hmm. if, if the Tigers exit the tournament in the first round. Um <clears throat> that's a tough question. I feel like there are two sides to that coin. Um, on one hand, this team coming into the year, highly ranked top 15 team or I think I think they were 15 to start the year uh, a lot of talent um and there was a lot of anticipation you know coming off last year's disappointment most sure. of that team returned um not the two biggest pieces but the rest of them sure um then you know just Katie Johnson's not what he was last year Alan Flanagan's about the same which isn't saying much sure um like Jay Will's obviously a little better, but I just feel like that's because he had more opportunity. And I, I could go on and on, but honestly, yeah, I, I think it is a little bit of a disappointment if they um lose in the first round here. But sure. at the same time, I feel like Bruce Pearl even said at one point that this was kind of gonna be a rebuilding year. Yeah. Um, so I guess on that front, it's not really like this is still only one of twelve Auburn teams to make the tournament. Sure. We're just we're just, that the program's still at that point, so yeah, at the blue blood point, you're right. So they could they can say whatever they want. Uh, like fans can complain all they want, 
but this team can still respond with we still had a top 12 season in the history of the program. Love it. Great analysis. Dylan, we'll, we'll, we'll quickly, uh, your, your thoughts, and, and then we'll, we'll keep the show on the road. All right. I'm going to kind of reach out what Daniel said. I'm going to say it's a disappointment, but it's not a failure. I think losing Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler in the same season, I think you probably weren't expecting this team to be a Final Four team again. I, I know we've been people have been drawing comparisons to it all daggum year that this is the 2019 team all over again. It's not. Quit doing that. This team is, I'm going to say what you and Jacob Goins always say, this team is what it is. This team is not a three-point shooting team. This is a down year for Auburn basketball, but it's not a down enough year to where I can say it's a complete failure of the season. You made the tournament without Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. So disappointment, not a failure. I don't really need to spend much of my, my energy here. I, I kind of agree with you guys. It's it's a down year, but if this is the state of the program in a down year, Auburn fans, you you take that, especially those of you that lived through the Tony Barber era. God rest your souls. I lived through Josh Pastner and Paul Hewitt at Georgia Tech, so I understand what you went through. And Paul Johnson. Paul Johnson was kind of fun. We're not going there. <laughs> Women's basketball, really, really quick. Coach Jay, year two on the Plains. Auburn is in the WNIT, and they're hosting – a WNIT game. They're going to play host to Tulane on Friday night. Big time, huge step for the program. I was really encouraged to hear when I, we reached out and talked to Coach Jay a little bit last week, and she said, you know, she wants to come on the show, so that's exciting, but she wanted to make sure that they put the WNIT first. Absolutely get it. Very excited for them. Glad they accepted their bid. I personally cannot stand when teams don't accept their bid to the NIT. And North Carolina. You can, yeah, you can read into that as you will. Moving forward, Daniel, your time to shine, my man. SEC Gymnastics Championship this weekend. I was supposed to be there in person. Unfortunately, personal matters. Got to take care of some stuff. Life happens. Will not be in attendance. Make sure you say hey to my folks for me. They're still going. And uh, let, let us know here. Outlook, one, is SUNY Lee going to be there? Is she going to be able to compete, rather? And two, is there any reason why Auburn couldn't win an SEC title? Yeah, so unfortunately, I'm no longer going to be there either. Because, uh, right. well, unless Auburn loses on Thursday, then I'll still be there. But, um, yeah, I'm not optimistic about SUNY competing, which is really unfortunate. Um, apparently, she's still hobbling around pretty good on that injured leg. Um, and she was not standing very much at the meet on Friday night, from what I've heard. So okay. I wouldn't count on her competing. And the other question was, is there a reason Auburn couldn't win? And the answer is yes, because they haven't won – they, of the three meets this year where SUNY hasn't competed, they've won one. Um, they lost to Missouri without her, and they lost to Kentucky. But they beat Penn State. All right. For those of you watching the video broadcast or video version of this, you know that Dylan and I just learned something brand new. Um, so that's new information to us. We were under the impression, and this is no, no, not Daniel's fault, not throwing Daniel under the bus. We were under the impression that SUNY was going to be healthy this weekend. Uh, so there's there's your update. I mean, you're still looking for for picking up slack from Cassie Stevens, uh, Darion Goborn, Sophia Groth. The list goes goes on and on. I thought Olivia did really well last week. Yeah, and they can and still do it for sure. It's just going to be a significantly more of a team effort this week, uh, evidently. Yeah. Let's keep things rolling. Talk a little bit on the diamond before we get out of here. First and for, foremost, softball. No midweek games. Got to got to gear up uh, for the what's the name of the classic this weekend? Help me out here. Uh, Oklahoma it. City something. Yeah, the Oklahoma City Classic, I believe, something to that effect, and in uh, an interesting slate there. Baseball, while, while Dylan, I know he's doing his homework right now and looking, sipping through softball. Baseball is going to take on Georgia Tech today as the show's coming out, 6 p.m. 
Tech, we talked about this on the Sunday show. This could be a reoccurring opponent this year and should be a, a contender with that has a host of talent. Dylan, go ahead. You were going to talk about softball for half a second. Yeah, softball is playing the Oklahoma Hall of Fame Classic where they would take on Weber State on Friday, Northwestern on Friday, Northwestern on Saturday, and right. Oklahoma on Saturday and Sunday. Right. So you get a really, really tough opponent, and we will preview that on the Thursday episode uh, for, for, for certain, and especially with matchups like those names at the end of the, of the weekend. Like I said, Auburn baseball taking on Georgia Tech at Plainsman Park. First of a two-game series that they'll do a home-and-home this year. Love those, by the way. Super fun. We, we talk about that all the time. Love non-conference home-and-homes. And having a re renewed rivalry with like Georgia Tech. Super fun. Like we, we mentioned before, AC, uh, Georgia Tech's going to be a contender in the ACC this year. They're a contender every year in the ACC. They've got a host of talent. And uh, it's going to be a, a pretty level pitching matchup. Auburn, we, we talked about this on Sunday. We figured they would throw Tommy Vale. They're going to throw Tommy Vale. He's 2-0 with an O-O-O ERA. That's a lot of O's in one sentence. But Tech's going to throw Ben King, redshirt sophomore, 2-0 with, with an O-O-O ERA. So get ready for a pitcher's duel. Guys, I think this is a pretty damn important non-con. I would agree. Um, first, first of all, I'm all about shameless plug. If you're unable to watch this one, you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke for updates as I'll be covering the game. But, yeah, they've got to get off to a fast start. Auburn, that is. Because sure. in both games, they lost to Southeast Louisiana. They let him get ahead. And in the second game of the doubleheader on Saturday, they had a ninth inning comeback that fell one run short of being enough. So they they fight. Like, they've got yeah. good discipline. But it's a lot easier if you don't have to do that, you know? If you can just sure. kind of keep pace the whole game or maybe get out a little ahead. So I'm really looking at the offense and the, the – um, three or the early innings, like innings one through three to really get some production going. Cause that's been when the offense is at its worst this year, which Absolutely. is kind of normal for baseball. Um, normally you want your like top three innings to be your worst, but if you can get solid production, the whole game, like go grab one, go grab a runner too. Right. That's how you get the Omaha. That's right. Absolutely. Right. Dylan, I think that uh, we'll we'll wrap it up here, but I will tell everybody this. I like Auburn in this matchup with Tech. I, I got to watch Tech and, and see their bullpen this past weekend. They dominated Notre Dame through two games. Did not look good in game three, which we've seen Auburn do. Mm. That feels pretty level there. But I like Auburn in this one just because you're at home. And also, I think that the Auburn bullpen is a little deeper than the Georgia Tech bullpen, which is, for all intents and purposes, good because I think Tech's throwing a lot of young arms. Daniel, go ahead and get us started. We're going to work our way around and get out of here. Glad. I hope everybody enjoyed the Owen Papo interview as much as we did. So, Daniel, Daniel, go right ahead. Yeah, once again, big thanks to Owen. Um, hope to have him on again sometime. That was a lot of fun. And I want some D-Hall barbecue. But you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and check out my written work for The Observer or any Auburn student media outlet. I am Harrison Tarr at by Harrison Tarr on Twitter. Like you're reading a byline. If you want to see my written work and check that out, that is at the Auburn Daily, theauburndaily.com. Make sure you check all of that written work out. Also, my other podcasting work is on the Auburn Daily Show every Wednesday with Dylan Lark, every Friday with the legendary Lindsey Crosby. Lots of fun stuff going on over there. A lot of fun stuff coming up here on the College Loop. Make sure you're logged in and subs not subscribed, but I'm going to subscribe to YouTube. Yeah. Make sure you're signed up for the bracket challenge. We've got almost 50 people in the bracket challenge, and we're giving away four tickets to 8 and another special surprise for that. So we're super excited for that. Dylan, go ahead and get us out of here. All right, I'm Dylan Lark at your boy, The Tank, on Twitter. That's at Y-A-B-O-I, The Tank. And you can also catch me on the Auburn Daily Show uh, tomorrow as this comes out, where me and Harris Tarp are going to talk a little basketball, maybe a little football too. We don't know right. yet. Just, it's going to be one of those two more than likely. 
Uh, but yeah, follow the College Loop literally everywhere. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. If you like the audio version, and if you like how funny we are, you can also catch us up on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. But sadly, we do not have a MySpace quite yet. But with that being said, it's been the College Loop Podcast. <laughs>